Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome, weary traveler. Need a short rest? Oh, I see. They said you'd be showing up about now. Come on, through the portal. Best not keep the lore mistress and lore master waiting. You know how they get. Robots Radio presents The Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. The best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. And if you are listening to this, you are you are so close to knowing the entire history of the creation of Faerun, mm-hmm. yep. the creation myth of the Forgotten Realms. So beautiful. We're so close. And there's and here's the thing. This is a like bird's eye view of everything. There is yes. so much more. There's so much like packed into this that it it's very checklisty, but that's okay. It might we, need to be. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, like it, we could, we we could spend, and we probably will spend months and years unpacking all of this, in addition to <sighs> everything else, all the other lore that D anD D has to it. offer, like mm-hmm, outside mm-hmm. of Forgotten Realms, like not only within the Forgotten Realms, but outside of it as well. You know, it's ironic that it's the Forgotten Realms, and that's the one we talk about the most. Not so forgotten. Not so forgotten. No, they call it that to more, and all the other ones that were ignored like it's like you know when like the really like big guy like the really tall guy is like nicknamed tiny it's like one of those ironic <laughs> nicknames i uh, yeah or little john yeah or a little yeah, like, little name for you in real life on big yep that that menatites reference all the time <laughs> <laughs> exactly i make that reference far too often yeah, yeah. if you're if you're new to the lore cast I will quote the Simpsons and reference the Simpsons absolutely uh-huh, nonstop. Uh-huh. Uh, and Mary's more so uh, Robin Hood men in tights. It's true. Almost anything Mel Brooks. I drop a lot of those quotes. It's fine. And and then when a, the there's occasional a, emo single. For sure. Yeah. Uh, there's a great episode of the Simpsons that Mel Brooks is on. <laughs> Um, yes. But that's we reserve that for the digress. still in progress Simpsons <laughs> lore cast that we may or may not be working on. Uh, you're here for D and D lore. We are here for D and D lore during the age of humanity through present age. Yes, so the age of humanity is is where we're yes, going to start off are, this. Yes, this, this is where we are picking up. This installment. So, what what happened? What what? Tell us all about the age of humanity, Mary. I I I will do my best. There's a lot. There's a lot of things. 
Um, so the age of humanity was the period from about negative 3000 DR to 1358. And this is just before uh, where we are currently it moves from this into present age. So this period began when the empires of the elves and dwarves began declining and those of the humans began to expand and flourish. Uh, these new and growing empires included, you know, these heavy hitter kingdoms that we've probably heard the names of. Yeah, like it, that is what I I mean, not that I don't love the previous installments and all the history and lore right. there, but this is where we start getting into stuff like, oh, I, I recognize that. I oh, heard yeah, that I, guy. I've heard I that. I know guy. that yeah. place. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So some of these kingdoms were Kalm Shan, Imaskar, Mulharand, Unther, and Netheril. So of all of these human empires, that of Netheril represented the genesis of this epoch. Thanks to their discovery of the Nether Scrolls, uh, they were launched into history because of this. So I mean, they, there were these scrolls that they ended up being called right. Nether. I mean, they, they weren't, you know. I mean, if you discover something, you will. It's mine. Yeah, you get to name it, I guess. Even oh sometimes, God. even if you don't discover it, you get to name uh -huh, it. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. But again, that's that's real life history. Uh, we're we uh, we are dealing with Faerunian history. Mm -hmm, what 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 are the far more interesting for me? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so they were originally known as the Golden Skins of the World Serpent. It was the name given to one set of 50 scrolls that dealt with fundamental magic theory. That sounds like the dopest college class I hope to ever take. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm in to go do fundamental magic theory. However, all of these human empires, though, they even, you know, if they weren't, you know, running around with um, with nether scrolls or golden skins of the world serpent, they all left uh, their indelible mark on the realms. And the influence of their actions uh, was felt for like centuries and centuries afterward, as, you know, three of these nations, uh, Kalim Shan, Mulharand, and Unthar, survived past this era, although it was in a much different form than is seen here. Oh yeah, I mean this is this is well over like over four thousand years ago. So there's mm -hmm. gonna you know people people change over time, kingdoms, empires change over time. It's, it's to be expected. Right. It's it is it's absolutely to be expected, and absolutely not due to any horrible things that happen later on. It's fine. So negative three thousand dr. Uh, the burgeoning human clans of the northern Sword Coast band together under a single leader and found Ilusk. About 30 years later, King Kinnar IV of Amarindar and his legion defeat the monsters invading the High Forest and defeat the Red Dragon. It's it's a, it's a name. It's a name. <laughs> Rithero Surfle. <laughs> Rithero Surfle. And it, I just, I read it as Red Aerosol first, so I pause. Rithero Surfle. It's it's one of the uh, and it's, it's a name. It's it's typical of D D. Like you see a name. And and usually, uh, usually you don't ever have to say it. It's just something you read, <laughs> and it's in your head, and you never <laughs> have to say it out loud. Uh, and then every so unless often, unless you're one of us, yeah, unless you have a uh, a Dungeons and Dragons lore cast in which you have, in the, you do you have to say, say these names. The names. And um, I will trip over most of them, and unapologetically, you guys can sound it out with me. I mean, first and foremost, <laughs> these names are all made up. They're not real. This is true. 
Secondly, <laughs> you could practice saying these names over and over and like, you know what? I got it. I think help. I think I got it. And yeah, then it gets to showtime and you're like, surfer. And you just sound like the Swedish chef from the Muppets. <laughs> One of my favorite things is seeing these names and going, that's not a real name. And then it clicks that they're all very, very odd made up names even though names are made up all it's like a step further they're further exactly this is a few steps further than that rithier schnurfer um i i feel like (laughs) like i feel like there is a a, an alternate universe where like Faerun is is real life like you know elminster is a real person dritz is Uh a real uh you know uh drow and and they read they, they have like you know earth lore casts and they talk about the stuff going on you know on this planet on in this universe and they're like <laughs> yeah, yeah. george washington i i don't know these names are all stupid and made up anyway there's so few vowels in this <laughs> like where are However, all the vowels that dragon's name is a sneeze and you're not going to convince me otherwise rithar surfle rithar no, surfle whoever he is arrow he, he got defeated <laughs> He did. He did. He was defeated. So he's, I was going to say it doesn't matter, but it super matters. That's why we're here. Negative 2758 DR. Another is form of uh consisting of major arcanists of Nethril called the High Mages of Nethril. Super easy name to, grem- to remember. Appropriately A lot enough. easier to pronounce than the last one, too. Negative 2600 DR, the last of the Shanatar dwarves, fell to the invading Karamshan Empire and seal off the last remaining surface entrance to deep Shanatar. Also, this is when the drow are beginning work on the twisted tower of Ashaba. And that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. So, like, I mean, we could go into all the lore behind this twisted tower of Ashaba. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like we, I mean, Good we've already, mind. we've already talked about the Simpsons and Mel Brooks movies. I mean, we're, we're going to digress enough. And so, you know, all I'm saying is we're, we're, we're going to get to unpack all this and it's so much. Fun. Oh yeah. This is the outline. This oh, is no, just yeah. the outline. <laughs> this is just our outline for it. That's all we're reading to you. Um, so, a little more than a hundred years later, negative twenty four eighty eight dr. The Amaskar Empire is destroyed, and Horus Ray, who was just Horus at that point, but that's before his father died, um, kills Lord Artificer Yavaraj, uh, the Emperor of Amaskar, and the destruction that poured out of this conflict caused the in the area to become the Auroran Desert. I mean, any any sort of area that ends up becoming a desert, you gotta you gotta assume something must have. Yeah, something bad happened. Something bad has occurred here. Yes, absolutely. Um, a year later, the former Mulan slaves migrate out of the desert, becoming the folk of Volharon and Unthar. At the same time, the Amaskari refugees are fleeing to the Underdark. Five don't, years later, though. Don't, don't do that. Don't. That's the either. worst place. How bad? Hold on. How bad does it have to be that you're for like, that to be your choice? You know what? No, there. I'm going to the Underdark. I'd like, rather. No. You'd rather be in the Underdark? 
apparently, it's pretty serious. Apparently. That's some serious stuff. So half a decade later uh, than that, a negative 2482DR, the Netherese House of Oregoth constructed a fortified villa in the southern part of Highmore in hopes of procuring the power of the dragons that were known to be there. It is claimed, in legend, that they did obtain it in some way. Their research there also led to the serpent curse. This malady spread among the house's human servants, turning them into ophidians. Negative 2436DR, an unknown Netherese thief, returns seven of the Nether Scrolls to the ancient ruins of Ika Telkisar. Three of the scrolls were placed in the Halls of Mists, uh, two are placed in the Crypt of Hasak, and the two remaining ones are, as of yet, still unknown. In negative 2300 DR, Rarni's refugees continue to expand along the coast along the coasts of the Sea of Fallen Stars. At the same time, the Orgoth servants succumb to the Serpent Curse and become a snake-like race of humanoids known as the Ophidians. These affected so, people. So really quickly, I was going to say like, so that the Serpent Curse like started in negative 2482 DR. Yes. And it doesn't actually like take hold until nearly 200 years later. Yeah. Which is a wild timeline. Like that is, that is, that is some long-term booking right there. That is, yeah, that's, that, <laughs> this curse is playing the long game. It okay? definitely is. That's how curses gotta be. These affected people, the, uh, the Ophidians are driven into the Western Hills then by the Netherese. Negative 2135 DR, the Mulan, uh, former slaves, the Emaskari, founded Skull with the aid of Ray, which later became the capital of Mulharand. A little more than 30 years later, a myriad of monsters consisting of giants and ogres and orcs, oh my, from the spine of the world descended upon Illusk, oh, destroying it. Lordy. But <laughs> you'll also get the puns from Mary as well. Oh yeah. I am brewing up fresh puns constantly. It's beautiful. <laughs> so these these this band of gentlefolk? No, this band of monsters descends upon um Illusk, destroying it, despite the efforts of Jariah Kronos, uh, a Netherese chronomancer which is a time wizard awesome title and his I, fellow arcanists yeah chronomancer is probably my favorite kind of a mancer that's a pretty solid mancer yeah i'm, I'm here for it <laughs> i like three, that it's like top three mancer for sure definitely definitely like jariah chronos and his fellow arcanists like these other guys they were there yeah but jariah we gotta you gotta know Jariah's name for sure. Gotta know Jariah. I mean, oh, he yeah. essentially founded an entire school of magic. Chronomancy. I mean, it's named after him. That's just so awesome. It is. I just, I'm sorry. Time wizards? Are you kidding me? That just like that adds more. It's another thing I find super fascinating. I just need like a gnome time wizard and I'm good. That's all you ever need. Well, <laughs> anyone ever needs. That's right. So... We continue down this trend. In 1967, BDR, before, I guess, which we discussed last episode, too, I think. 
So the first Moharan Unthar War erupts at the River of Swords. Ancient tribes of Rashemen are used as mercenaries on both sides, of course. Because why would you find someone from another place? 1931 BDR, the idol Namog Gia and its hobgoblin servitors were destroyed by the Kalimshan Empire. The valley in which this event took place came to be known as the Gorge of the Fallen Idol. Which that's, that's I, like just picture perfect lore right there. It is just, it's beautiful. There's just, a mental yeah. image of this place too, of it just being super pretty and peaceful, even though, but even though horrible things have happened there. By 1900 BDR, the Kalimshan Empire encompassed the original lands of the Kalim Empire and Koramshan, Tethir, Mir, and Iltkasar. It ought to be noted that around this same time, like the same approximate time, that um, Kaltazar Hills came to be assaulted by the beholder nations on a regular basis. I don't ever want beholder nation attacks to become my new normal. Yeah, that's when thing when that when that's happening, you know, it's 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 time to change things up for sure. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm not is... exactly sure what has to be changed, but something has got to be changed. Anything that would make that stop happening. Right. Right. <laughs> like anything. So negative 1838 DR as revenge for their assault on her lair and the red dragon Ilvera Salazar, the rose dragon, unleashes her fury on the entirety of Kalimshan, bringing the city of Kalimfort and much of its surroundings to ruin. She then ruled the empire from her newly rebuilt lair in Kalimfort with an iron fist. Do dragons have fists? Like, I mean, like, I <laughs> like would would you qualify? Like, you know what you know what they have at the end of their appendage i mean I assume would, if you ball up your talons arms. it'd still be a fist i mean talon fist would be a pretty solid metal band talon fist would be a pretty awesome name it sounds more <laughs> like um like power metal like, oh yeah like steel panther talon yeah with <laughs> talon fist in 1726 BDR, the Kajan noble Rafak el Kajan led a team of warriors into the lair of hmm, Ilver. The Rose Salazar. Dragon. The previously aforementioned the Rose Dragon. And managed to inflict a great amount of wounds to the Red Dragon before she attempted to escape. Yet, as she was doing so, the Bronze Dragon, Kadasal Mpar, um, an ally of Rafak assaulted her and killed her. Dragon Human fight. rule, dragon fight. Dragon fight. Oh, I have so many ideas now. Thank you. Human rule of Kalimshan and the surrounding territories was once again reestablished after this dragon battle to the death. In 1658, BDR, the abundant mines of Decanter finally run dry, forcing the Netherese miners to abandon them. Only a few years after this, however, the mines become a practicing ground for Netherese arcanists in training to practice their magic, or as it was known at the time, 
the art. And that's that art with a capital A again. About a year later, um, the Netherese enclave of Maunatar, also known as Sunrest, utterly disintegrated in a horrible accident caused by ill-prepared and ill-conducted research into spellcraft. So I feel like... Oh, man. Maybe... I'd I mean, be terrified of conducting you, that research in a mine. While it seems the safest, it also seems possibly the most problematic. Yeah, I was gonna. Say, I mean, you can't make an omelet without cracking a few eggs, and apparently, you That's can't. True. You can't do ill-prepared and ill-conducted research into spellcraft without causing horrible accidents. <laughs> without causing horrible accidents, I mean, disintegrating towns, disintegrating. Like what happened to that <laughs> town? Oh, it got disintegrated. That sounds horrible. In fact, it was. It was not great. Nobody there enjoyed it. I could guarantee you that. So in the year 1621 BDR, we are creeping right up on it. We are getting so close. So close. A little more than 1500 years from when we can switch over into not being negative anymore. And we can start working on the positive. So in this year, the prestigious General Matik was born. His successes were the greatest in the whole history of Netherese warfare. In 1591 DR, General Matik invented his spell, General Matik's Missile, which eventually became known as simply Magic Missile among most arcanists. And about 30 years after that, in negative 1561 DR, General Matik died. So there you go. That's the creator of Magic Missile. There it is, guys. You know, every wizard out there is like, yeah. And even the ones are like, oh, I mean, like, it's cool, it's I guess. But yeah, like, it was, you know, maybe like, oh, yeah, when you get you know, hold up in a in a dungeon somewhere and you're facing off against a displacer beast, that magic missile is going to seem real awesome. <laughs> it's going to be real heckin' cool when it saves your heckin' patoot. Yep. <laughs> Approximately negative 1500 DR, the Mulharandi Empire expanded outwards. In addition, the Untheric Empire was expanding outwards as well, settling what is now the Wizard's Reach and a large proportion of the Eastern Shar. 30-ish years after that, Lord Telamount Tanthal raises an enclave of Ultanthar, which then becomes known as the City of Shade, which that place is also, I find it extremely fascinating and I can't help it. Oh no, yeah. I mean, we've we've it's, it's, it's shown up quite a bit across several episodes, and it just it keeps every single one of them dark ones. Oh, just pulls in my heartstrings. <laughs> in 1428 BDR, the great city of Kalimport fell to a horde of beholders from Alamir Hive in the Alamir Mountains after the death of Seal Pasha Walar El Kajan the Ninth. Kiraptir, the Blood Eye, a uh, great beholder mage, Which claims the great name, great nickname. <laughs> On the Blood Eye, all right. <laughs> uh, that's yes, sir. Gross. Oh yeah, you're gonna tell a beholder his name sounds gross. I'm sorry, a great beholder mage. You're gonna tell him his name sounds gross. I mean, not to not to his eye, not to his not face. To You'll see that to their eye. <laughs> <laughs> So it'd be, like one of those, it'd be like one of those things <laughs> that like afterwards 
Like we like we we all sort meet, of like, walk yeah. out and talk and shit silently under oh, our breaths. Or when he says his name, you look across the room, make eye contact for a second, yeah, like, mm-hmm. like, oh my god, dude. And then like uh, don't, don't look like, at me, don't look at me. Like that, that 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 guy was gross, right? Like we're not, we're all okay. Yes. okay we're all, we're all, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like, he, dude, he like, claimed... when he said blood eye, I almost lost it. <laughs> Slaves like, the they throne. looked at me, and I almost lost it. But yeah. So Blood Eye claims the throne. Go on, I'm sorry. Right, right. And proceeds to exert his control over all of Kalimshan and Iltkazar. In negative 1402 DR, the Blood Eye and his Beholder army fell or fled uh, before the Dracon priests and their allies. Kalimport is the first city freed from Beholder tyranny, but the priests quickly push the Beholders back into the Alamir Mountains and the Lake of Steam within about three-ish years or so. Nice. Which brings us to present age. I mean, there's a a ton of history between yes, that, you know, absolutely. that occurrence in negative 1400 DR uh-huh, and uh-huh, uh-huh. And you know the present age thousand dr, yeah. which is the present age is the time period that begins. It begins in one thousand dr and continues up until now. And we will get to most of it. At least that's that's the hope and desire. That is that's the plan. It might take a little bit because we got all kinds of lore, but we got to bring you the lore hot and fresh and ready. Better than little Caesars, though. The present age was considered one of the most tumultuous ages in the history of Toral. It was a time of constant struggle, but also a time of discovery and exploration. During the first years, Theron established trade with Karatur and Sakata, and the Great Glacier began to retreat, uncovering the realms of Vasa and Damara. Later, the continent, Mastika, was discovered by the Amnians. In 1358 DR, the most cataclysmic period in Faerun's history began with the calamitous events of the Time of Troubles and the start of the period known as the Area of Area, sure. The Era of Upheaval. In a period less than 150 years, the world of Toral was nearly destroyed and absolutely completely shaken to its core. Everything changed. The political landscape reflected the cosmic state of realm space, and while its reunion with its long-lost twin, wor- twin world at there was brief, its mark on Toral was significant and enduring. Yeah, so we had discussed that Abiatoral was, you know, once yes. one world. Yes. Ao, the Overgod, essentially mm-hmm. sent everyone to their rooms. Yes. It's like primor- primordials. You primordials. You get Abir. Uh, gods, you get Toral, and and the, then during this time they overlapped again. Yes, it was not the pleasant time for anybody involved. The present age um, encompassed the following time periods. It took place during the last three hundred fifty-eight years of the Age of Humanity. Um, the era of upheaval started in 1358 DR and lasted until 1488 DR. And the second sundering of the decade of the uh, 1480s-ish DR. The current age, what we collectively think of when we think forgotten realms, 
starts in 1489 DR. It is the time of Elminster and Drist and all the other Faerunian friends that we know and love. We do know them. We do love them. And if you don't, you will you will get to know them. You will get to love them. Just keep listening. You'll get to know them and love them. Keep listening. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, we hope that you come back. Oh, please do. We've got so much more in store. And this is literally only the beginning. Thank you so much for inviting the Dungeons and Dragons lore cast uh, into your life, at least for this brief moment in time. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. Fare thee well, dear listener, and until we meet again, may all your 20s be natural. Thank you for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, consider following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at D&D Lorecast. Or jumping into the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll see you soon. Listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.com.